brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. Okay, we're going to be talking about indecisive crazy makers. And I can tell you, I have had a lifetime of these people. They do drive you crazy. Um, but, you know, what is, what is an indecisive person? Well, it's actually a diagnostic term from, uh, from the uh, Greek language, which is abulomania. And what that means is, is without will. And it is actually a mental disorder in which the patient displays pathological indecisiveness. And it's typically associated with anxiety, stress, depression, mental anguish. And it really can severely affect one's ability to function socially. Many people suffer from indecision, but it's rarely to the extent of obsession. But the part of the brain that is tied to making rational choices, the prefrontal cortex, can hold several places of information at any given time. And this may quickly overwhelm somebody when trying to make decisions, regardless of the importance of the decision. They, They come up with reasons that their decisions will turn out badly, which is depressing because you're forecasting a negative outcome. But it causes them to overanalyze every little decision critically in a classic case of paralysis by analysis. I mean, the lack of information, the the valuation difficulty in the, the, the overcoming the uncertainty becomes an obsession. And decision making and choosing is not always easy. You know, indecisiveness seems to be a very widespread phenomenon. So I'm not tackling actually the mental disorder where they're obsessed. I'm just talking about the people that are chronic and crazy makers. Um, And that's all over the place. However, you know, the scientific literature on indecisiveness is very, very limited. So in researching this show, it was very hard to find a lot of stuff, but I was able to do it. You know, even a clear definition of indecisiveness is lacking, let alone a, a model of decisiveness. It means there's related concepts that are integrated into this. And that means there's other terms used to define indecisiveness or contribute to it. And so we'll talk about that a little later. But, uh, you know, the, the overt choice related behaviors such as delay, tunnel vision, post-decision dysfunctional behavior means they refund everything they buy. Indecisive people can make life so burdensome, and it is so hard for so many people. So why is it bad to be an indecisive person? Well, every single day, we face a whole lot of decisions, and these decisions affect you and, and, and it's in some way. And what you know, order for, for dinner will likely have or, or a small impact on your life, but a lot of people will fight over dinner. You know, uh, where do we go to dinner? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. So we're going to talk about how to resolve that in a relationship and how to be more decisive, even as a couple, even as having to deal with a boss that's indecisive, God forbid. You know, know, this indecisiveness can actually cause you an upset stomach. And, And that is not an extreme statement. And the fact is, is that people that are depressed, they have lots of expectations that are hard to be met. And those expectations create them uh, because they have a perfectionistic desire for all their decisions to be perfect. They don't want to be wrong. They don't want to fail. They're insecure. Uh, they worry about how they're seen. 
Um, so these people have a really hard time just getting through life. One decision can be a conflict, and if they're conflict avoidant, they're going to figure out a bad outcome so they don't have to participate in the decision. You know, the, the, the most decisions are not important, and that's the truth. Uh, you know, roughly 20% of, of the general causes uh, of, of depression and of indecisiveness is that they have taken about 80% to 90% of the decisions and turned them into monumental analysis. And so the problem is, is that these people, unless they've made a traditional decision, like where they go to lunch on a Wednesday, where they go to dinner on a Friday, they've set up a schedule so they don't have to make decisions. So what they basically do is fall into routine so they don't have to make decisions. So they very much have a predictable lifestyle. And so, uh, you know, the fact is, is that they look at making decisions as reinventing the wheel. And God forbid you want to change that decision holy crap, that is going to throw them into a big vacuum of problems. So, you know, the decisions we face will impact about 80% of your life. However, aside from the obvious long-term decisions like buying a house or getting married, you won't be able to accurately identify most of these choices. And this means you shouldn't waste time or energy on most decisions because it's not likely going to cost you more than an outcome that affects your life. Like, should I go to Starbucks or should I go to the grocery store? These are simple choices that people analyze and just go through it and through it and through it before they're able to make a choice. You know, um, some people will stress themselves out about stupid stuff like, um, should I text a friend or what should I write in the text? Even down to the, the language that they use because they don't want to be held accountable or they don't want to be interpreted differently. You know, good, a good decision today could be a bad decision tomorrow and vice versa. But the fact is, you know, it, it can be eye-opening. It's extremely common to make a decision that grants you an immediate beneficial result. You come and you regret it sometimes in the long term, but it's better to make a decision than live in indecision. Indecision is limbo. Limbo is hell. And so people that live in hell are unable to make decisions. And look at let's just look at what a person is that has what's called character. A person that has character, which is what you should have as an adult, is that you are able to make choices that identify who you are. And all of these choices and being decisive about your choices is very important because now people have a way to go, okay, I know how to buy you a gift because I know what you like. I know how I know where you like to go to a restaurant because I know what you like. And when people put themselves out there, they define their character, they have much more relationships that are valuable than indecisive people who are constantly regurgitating the same information over and over and over again. You know, making concrete decisions frees your mind. It means that you're not afraid to fail. You're not afraid to make a bad choice or a mediocre choice. You just make a choice. And when you do that, you free your mind up to be able to let go, deal with the decision as it comes, and, and then adapt. Uh, just the other night, it was interesting because we went to a hockey game. And in that hockey game, uh, I ended up buying seats that were clear up in the crow's nest. Well, little did I know my wife was going to have a panic attack and my kid was going to be hyperactive from eating candy. And so 
so it was very dangerous to be up there, and she was paralyzed. So what did we do? We t- I took the bad choice, which was the crow's nest, and I went down to the box office, and I asked them what could be done. Well, God forbid, it's amazing, the customer service, they gave us box seats, which was wonderful, and that was allowing us to enjoy the game. So once again, when you make a bad choice, you can adapt that choice, and so many people look at a choice as, oh my God, you know, if you're going to fight over a restaurant, and you find out that the restaurant you wanted is crowded now what do you do if you both had to sit there go where do you want to eat where do you want to eat and then you just stick yourself there for two hours waiting on other people to drink and do whatever they got to do to get out of the restaurant you know you can waste a lot of time with indecisiveness you know people immediately identify and respect decision makers and so it doesn't matter if it's in a social setting a work environment or or with a, a a girl or guy you're dating when you are consistently offer a firm decision to any situation that requires one, people recognize it. They unconsciously start to identify you as a leader and you aren't afraid to make decisions and shoulder the responsibility that comes along with it. You know, life is gray. It is too, it's too short for people not to make choices, not to take samples, not to take a leap of faith. We all need to take leaps of faith. Doesn't mean we need to take all leaps of faith. That doesn't mean we do stupid stuff. But what it does mean is when we have healthy choices in front of us, we make them. When we have bad choices in front of us, and those are the only options, we either try to get creative and get a good choice, or we deal with the, the less of all evils and just move on. And and that's a hard thing to do, but that's what life is about. Indecision spreads like wildfire. You know, decision-making is a habit like any other. If you're at dinner with someone who can't even choose what they like to drink or eat off the menu, chances are they can't make any other decisions without the stress levels shooting through the roof. You know, this means that for you, if if you don't want to start practicing making quick, firm decisions, you'll be practicing not being able to make decisions by default. And there's no middle ground. When you're at dinner, make a quick choice and forget about it. When you're with your your kids, voice your opinion about what you think you should do or with your family or with your spouse or with your friends and by consistently making small decisions quickly. And you'll be able to face the tougher ones for a firm resolve as well. And so the more we make decisions, the better we get at making decisions. Now, if you're in a relationship where indecisiveness is, you know, it is a very common trait for many people, but it is a crazy maker. So what makes people indecisive? To actually understand indecisiveness, you need to remember that people who are indecisive are not really interested in their own final decision. They are more concerned about who's involved in the outcome of their decision. They're experiencing an inner passivity which is born out of a misguided idea that they are weak and helpless and that is where the insecurity is. They're deciding without really believing in their own authority. They don't trust themselves. They do not trust themselves so they want to hang the responsibility of making a decision on other people. And guess what? If they can't trust themselves, they can't trust anybody else. And so these people are also extremely socially aware and extremely private and extremely paranoid. You know, uh, no matter what decision they make, the choice is usually based on the, the, the perception of the person or the people who are involved in it. 
and they can't make a quick decision because they don't want to be blamed for failing or making uh, to make the right choice. Even if that's not the case, they're still reluctant to do so if they make the wrong one for themselves. You know, shallow or not, the reasons for decisiveness are really started out of self-doubt. And no matter which choice a person ends up making, there's a huge possibility that they will not be happy about it unless the person assures them that it is. And and these people have to be assured all the time. They're very auditory in their processing. They're asking everybody for their opinion. And eventually, someday, they may or may not make a decision. It usually is probably too late to make a choice by the time they've done all their digesting and, uh, and consulting. You know, how does this affect the relationship? When you hear about it from other people, it doesn't seem like such a big deal. But from the perspective of the one who's experiencing this indecisive partner, it is quite a mess. It is very frustrating. The, the most common arguments you'll hear from couples is where they're deciding to eat dinner. It's even the butt of many, many uh, things that are said online about what the biggest problem in their relationships are. And, and, and you know, it does not necessarily cause breakups, but it can annoy people. And it can even be the causing of fighting or worse, the dread of the silent treatment. You know, a lot of people that are indecisive the decider will choose to edit or they will choose not to communicate decisions that they're making. And then that paranoid uh, p- uh, person that is indecisive starts investigating and doing all kinds of crazy making and making negative assumptions and negative outcomes based on the fact that their partner is not communicating. But the fact is the partner that's decisive doesn't want to deal with the controversy and deal with the process of the, that indecisive person. And so, you know, people that have indecisive partners, they need to learn how to compromise. And that means the indecisive person needs to be able to step up into adulthood, into adult life, not a child's life where your partner is your parent, but actually put your big pants on and make decisions together. Listen to each other's perception. So what you want to do is this, this, this. Yes. And so what you want to do is this, this, this. Well, how about we do something in the middle? You know, that's how people in marriage work. They listen to each other's perceptions and then they create an outcome. And unfortunately, many people in marriage have the communication problem of thinking their partner is a complete idiot and do not want to listen to them. As a matter of fact, usually they talk to their partner worse than they talk to anybody else in the world. You know, for example, in a marriage or in a relationship, if you take too long to answer a, a, a marriage proposal or make a proposal, you are screwed because the interpretation, if that person that's indecisive can't make the decision, the person that's asking is going to feel like crap. And indecisive people can make people feel like crap because they're, they're at being asked to make a big commitment or in some in life, you know, go on vacation somewhere and they can't decide. They just sit there. They're just terribly paralyzed. And that's a crazy maker. It's ruined relationships around the world. That proposal is such a delicate thing that they need to have a discussion of what if we got married, if you're dealing with an indecisive person, rather than, or what if we got in a relationship and and start to begin to shape it and begin to discuss it before you ask. Because if you ask an indecisive person, you're going to feel like crap because they're not going to be able to answer you. Even if they want a yes, they still are paralyzed by it because it's such a big choice. 
you know, uh, life is a leap of faith that doesn't offer you outcomes. It offers you opportunities. And so people have to begin to understand you take opportunities and you experientially learn from those opportunities. Okay. So how do you deal with an indecisive partner? Number one, if your partner can't decide on plan A, it's your job to give them as many viable options as possible. You linked yourself with this person. You need to give them options. Make sure that you're always ready to help them. So it would help to, to uh, study up on the things that they have trouble deciding before you make a presentation to them. You also want to be able to put your foot down. When your partner can't decide on their own, it's time to call in your relationship card. You are now a unit, which means that our decision matters just as much as theirs. So if you're allowed to make a decision because someone cannot make a decision, then you have to assert yourself and say, since you can't choose, I'm going to do it for us. You know, find your center. You know, if you're not in a position to deal with the indecisiveness of your partner and it's making you frustrated, take a break, take a break, take a rest, take a time out, however old you are, one minute for every year of your life, and basically set a time to come back and let them process so that you can have an adult dialogue and make a decision. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to continue to talk about indecisiveness in relationships, but then we're going to go back to understanding why people are indecisive and how they can get out of it. Come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but... If you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? 
The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about indecisive crazy makers. I can tell you that the biggest part of our lifetime of people, which are called the millennials, are the most indecisive people in this world. They're still living with mommy and daddy by the time they're 30 and uh, really don't have much direction in their life. And it's pretty amazing how people fall into that. I don't know why, but that, that the millennials are very indecisive. I think it's because they have too many choices of what they can do, and it's just overwhelming to them. You know, I'm not giving them an excuse, but I, I think that's a good contributor to it. All right, now, if you're in a relationship, you always want to think out of the box. If your partner may be having doubts about their decision because they have a firm grasp on what the outcome may be, you can help them by offering options that aren't familiar with them. You know, for example, it, it, it would be choosing to move to a place that they don't know about but is just as safe and as beautiful as some other options. So if you're thinking of moving, go to a place that they don't know about so they don't get They're all Because these people are set in their ways. They're like little robots. And when you throw them a new program, they're like, oh, I, they, can't, they can't deal with it. You also want to be a little selfish if you're in a relationship with an indecisive per- person. Give your partner too much leeway. It gives disadvantages sometimes, and this is where you can draw the line and tell them what you want should matter as well. Don't force your decision on them, but do explain what it would make you happy to decide for both of you. So, you know, I would prefer is the statement to use in that sense. You also use your gut. You know, studies have shown that our instincts are more effective than relying on calculated decisions. So it's pretty easy to use your instincts. And when someone says, you know, my instincts tell me, that's a very strong statement. And it's hard to argue with instincts. So, you know, sometimes when you throw that out there to the indecisive person, they usually will go with it. You also want to let the chips fall where they may. You cannot change a person, but you can help guide them to become better at the things that make them weak. And that word preference is very powerful in trying to influence them to make a decision. You know, uh, there's things to remember. An indecisive partner is likely to be disagreeable most of the time. And this can make it difficult for you to help them because uh, become less indecisive. They may want to get stressed out when you push them too hard and they might resent you for trying to control how they feel about their decisions. But in situations like that, you have to be vigilant. And so this is especially true if your partner's indecisiveness is starting to affect your relationship in a really bad way. So number one, you must surrender all control. Your job is to guide your partner. Once your end of the bargain has been executed, you have to stand back and let your partner deal with this new information. Whether or not they change for the better, it's ultimately up to them. But don't control the, you know, be a control freak when it comes to your partner's decisions. That's where abuse is happens. And it is, a, it is very frustrating to deal with an indecisive partner, but that is not an excuse for abuse. You also do not want to fall for their puppy dog eyes. You know, puppy dog eyes are not logical. That's that's their little selfish little inner self trying to get to you. You also want, uh, you know, if your partner refuses to change their ways, not humoring them might just do the trick. And that means you ignore the fact that they're taught they're taught they're taking too long to decide and do things on your own without them. That means I'm just going to move on on this and do what I want to do and, and, and not do it with you. 
So that basically leaves them in a place where they have to either walk towards you or just give up. You also want to help them understand why it's necessary. When you see a benefit that they don't see, you want to explain, hey, you know, this is important because this will do this for us. And for them, uh, they may not see it in that perspective because they're always looking for the excuses not to do things. You also don't want to apologize for trying to help them. They, they, they may get mad at you and try to argue that you're not accepting their flaws. But the truth is that some flaws are completely unacceptable. Indecisiveness in a marriage is unacceptable. Indecisiveness in a relationship is unacceptable. That is the one thing you've got to be good at. You've got to be empathetic with each other. And you've got to understand each other's needs, whether you're indecisive or not. So, you know, looking at a person... When they cannot make decisions, they are hugely got a big part of their life in childhood. Mostly because no matter how difficult or how lonely being an adult can be, it's also extremely liberating to be an adult. And it'd be nice if people would move out of their childhood and go into adult. Because adulthood entails freedom, the pride of accomplishment, the chance to create your own life on your own terms and your your own family, your own home, your own uh attempt at parenting you know we'd all like to do it better but all of this is going to be done with good enough none of these decisions are going to be perfect and so that's what this person wants they want perfect they want to be recognized for their decision rather than just make an adult decision you know as an adult you'll begin a new relationship with your parents and this new relationship will entail a new kind of love for them in which you are aware of their faults but so what You love them in spite of their faults. So this new relationship will also mean that you no longer will be looking for your parents for affirmation of your wonderfulness and affirmation of understanding what your decisions are and actually making them for you. Do you know how crazy it is to have to deal with a partner who has to consult with their parents before you guys can actually do something? That is absurd. It's absurd, but that means that they have a big foot into their childhood and very little into their adulthood. You know, sometimes parents themselves make it hard for a separation to occur. You know, look at what your own parents are doing. Did they encourage you into thinking uh, that a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend was insufficient or ambiguous? You know, if they are always questioning your uh, parents, if they're always questioning a teenager in their uh, teenage years on every single decision that they make, what they're basically doing is is telling them, you are not a good decision maker. I will make those decisions for you. That person will developmentally fall behind. They will usually... Uh, struggle in college, if not fail at going to college, simply because they don't believe in themselves because their parents didn't believe in them. You know, parents want to create options for their child. They don't want to tell them what to do. You know, you need to understand that your indecisiveness, your inability to find the perfect person, which includes constantly looking for somebody, some older uh, uh, girlfriend or boyfriend that you've been with before, Uh, Because you know what you're getting instead of what you might get. You know, a lot of people settle. And so attempts to to avoid making any decision at all is crazy. So, you know, if if they don't want to understand their real feelings or to understand what someone else is really feeling, don't try to look into your heart but down at your feet, which they're always moving. And, And or are they moving at all? You know, 
actions indeed speak louder than words. Go ahead and make a choice and go for it. If you want to develop a relationship with someone, develop a relationship and see where it goes. Don't just sit there and wonder if you should. All right. So, you know, let's try to understand this. You know, in the philosophy of, of indecisiveness, you know, these people experience a form of temporary insanity, which can lead to buyer's remorse if the decision is later seen as wrong. And when we substantially learn more about making decisions, we make our life easier. You know, if they are made on an emotional basis, if you're an emotional decision maker, you're going to have a lot of trouble because people that do what they feel rather than what they think are out of control. And that's called, you know, they use shopping therapy. They use all kinds of impulsive things in life because they are so indecisive. So, you know, the problem is with indecisive people, they don't do what they think think they don't do enough thinking they're all about feelings and that's depressing as hell which means you have no character because all you are is a big walking emotion that everybody has to deal with and react to rather than a person that is fairly logical and will think things through that doesn't mean we can't be emotional but we don't lead with our emotions we do things and then check in with how we feel about it we don't feel make a decision and then think about what we did that makes us feel less of ourselves that makes us feel insecure, not trustworthy, not trustable because we're so freaking impulsive. And so that's the biggest downfall for people that are indecisive is they're impulsive, they're emotional decision makers, and they're always refunding everything they purchase. Always, always, always because they bought it on an impulse. You know, the need for change precedes every decision, regardless of whether we address the real need or mask it. You know, when we make a decision, there's things that are going to happen. If you're going to move somewhere else, that's going to be a big decision and it's going to change your life because you're going to be around different people. You're going to be at different distances from relatives, friends, your life. You're going to have to adapt. And so decisions are important because they do have consequences and they do call for change. People that don't like change don't like decision making. You know, our willingness to make change often depends on whether we have chosen the circumstances leading to it. When people don't have input on change, when they have to make a choice based on something that's happened like a hurricane or something like that, and now they're forced to make decisions based on very limited amount of uh, information, very limited amount of choices, all of a sudden their life is narrowed down to dealing with a circumstance. People hate that, but the fact is you got to deal with it, and that means that your new sets of decisions have to be strong, have to be survival-oriented, and have to be very practical. And that's very hard for indecisive people. The beginning of a decision process, you know, is independence, the desire for independence. And can you have independence in a relationship? Absolutely. That's why you got together. You're two independent people. That means you respect each other. You want to hear each other's needs. You want to hear each other's desires. You want to hear what each other has to say. You know, so the deal is people that are decisive usually have a great life. They may have lots of memories they wish they didn't have, but they have a life full of decisions. And that means you have lots of memories, which is exactly what our legacy is after we die, is the memories that we make. You know, reaching a decision means you're exercising as much control as you feel possible over an unknown outcome. So that means we're hedging bets. If we were in Vegas, we make the most safe bets that we can live with and 
live with the potential outcomes that they deliver. You know, so we hedge our bets, meaning that we make the best bet possible, but we can't control the outcome. You know, you know, thrill seekers among us, uh, people that seek to minimize risk when making a decision. Things get complicated, though, depending on their comfort levels. You know, people that are impulsive thrill seekers still make calculated decisions. They don't always make the best choices. People that are adrenaline uh, addicts and stuff like that. But the fact is, is usually they're trying to make a calculated decision to see if they can succeed at something that they question whether they can succeed at. So they hedge their bets, they make decisions, and they do things to try to make it as safe as possible before they do the crazy thing. You know, people get so overwhelmed by uncertainty that they uh, use inertia as defense. And and, uh, so, you know, there's a huge fear that a lot of people have of being wrong. And, uh, you know, nobody gives a crap if you're wrong. They, ca- they care about if you take responsibility for being wrong. The problem is these folks focus on the front end rather than the result, which is, oh, that was the wrong choice. Okay, well, made a wrong choice. Sorry about that. I didn't intend to. And that's what you have to understand in decisiveness is what are your intentions? Because then even if you made a bad choice, you know how to explain it, your intentions, so that you can identify why you made the decision the way you did. And so it's important for people that want to get better at decision making to figure out what the hell is your intention because that will help you. And uh, But if you have a, a repetitive compulsion to revisit decisions, you want to stop doing that. You want to stop revisiting and go into, okay, now how do I deal with outcomes? How do I deal with outcomes? I've made the decision. I make peace with it. I accept the decision. Now I focus on outcome. You know, if people are... Uh, uh, indecisive at work. That can be a crazy thing for people. You know, uh, a leader, so, uh, let's say a leader joins an organization, but they don't have a lot, a lot of information about how the place works. So it's pretty, pretty clear at that point that they're going to have to go about instincts and they're going to have to read people and they're going to have to consult. And the more that they do that and the more that they adapt decisions based on what they're hearing from other people and the input that they have and their divine wisdom as a leader, they're going to come up with some good choices. But they have to be consultative if they're joining an organization. However, indecisive people will overconsult, especially if they're in a leader position, and never make a choice. They will, they will make decisions by committee so that they don't have to make a choice. Now, if you have an indecisive boss, there's some things that you can do to help yourself. You can ask questions. You know, uh, to push past a stuck spot is to ask strategic questions that will ultimately help your boss clarify the next step. So if you inquire as though you're trying to elicit information to help you do your job, your supervisor will have a hard time leaving you hang. So the questions you pose will vary on your industry. But, of course, the broad examples will give you an idea of how to get started. So, what is your primary goal is a good question for an indecisive boss. What is the biggest priority and why? Who are we responsible to? What evidence do we need to demonstrate efficacy? How hard is our deadline? What happens if we don't deliver on time, in budget, and within expectation? By discussing these, we're actually loading them with questions they need to be asking themselves that they may never have. And by doing that, you're also getting their buy-in into the choices that are going to be made. You also have, have an have a indecisive boss. 
offer a proposal. Help them see past in their indecision and propose a course of action that you wish to pursue. And I don't mean simply saying, I, I think we should do this, but put together a concrete, well-reasoned presentation to them and saying, hey, I think this may be a way to go. You also want to address things head on. If your boss doesn't realize that they're wavering so much, let them know, I understand that this is a big decision, but it's affecting me. I'm not able to get my job done, and I really want to get my job done, so I need you to be a little more forthright in making choices so I can clearly get where we want to go as a team. You know, And you also want to make, uh, ma- uh, maintain perspective and your reputation. Some times an indecisive boss will be indecisive, maddening manager. And no matter what you do, remind yourself that you can't control everything or everyone. So if a project stalls out because they can't decide how to address an obstacle, they're going to be the one to have to face it and figure out. So you want to isolate them into their indecisiveness. I don't know. I'm waiting on my boss to make a choice as to what direction they would like to see. And remember that no matter how indecisive your boss is, no matter how he or she responds to your efforts to address the indecision, you are not powerless. Take control when and where you can. Make sure other key people in your organization are aware of your efforts. When your manager is busy agonizing over a decision that hinders your productivity, look for other tasks to focus on. A simple, quick mention of your accomplishments in a conversation via email uh, exchange lets others know that you're action-oriented without being obnoxious or negative. You know, uh, if they are so indecisive that a complete standstill happens at work, you want to look for opportunities to uh, uh, collaborate with other departments. Now, if you're a parent uh, with an indecisive child, that can also be a crazy maker. Because once they begin entering that independence phase around 12, 13, maybe 11, some kids are are, are a lot earlier, maybe 9, 10. Once they want to become their own person and want to take the opportunity to make some, some decisions, you want to help them make decisions because that means they're going to become an adult. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to go into some of the, the, the constructive ability to help an indecisive child. We're going to deal with the term uncertainty, and we're also going to go into resolving indecisiveness. Come back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about indecisive crazy makers. And God knows we all have indecisive or are indecisive crazy makers in this life. So how do you, uh, we're going to talk about the child and how do you raise a, a, a decision maker? Well, first of all, you want to pay attention to how your child makes decisions. Identify their tendencies of maximizing or sacrificing. And awareness is the first step to helping a kid be more efficient and, and make better, more satisfying decisions. You also want to help them narrow it down. More is not necessarily better when it comes to choices. In fact, the greater the number of options, the greater the tendency may be to maximize a decision. So when faced with a larger, complicated array of choices, you want to help your child narrow down to two or three options from the get-go. You also want to express gratitude. You, you want to reduce pre- and post-purchase, uh, let's say, or post-decision-making regret by teaching them to express gratitude for recent choices they've made. Have them write down a few good things they appreciate about their choices and, and set it aside a few minutes each night for a, a gratitude time. And that's a great thing to do. And remember, you know, satisfying is a skill which will serve your child in every domain of their life. So one of the most important things to remember is that good enough is usually good enough and usually all that life has to offer offer us. So, you know, uncertainty uh, comes with a lot of problems. You can't avoid unknowns. You can't avoid uncertainties. But uncertainties are the biggest issue of indecisive people. You know, uncertainties are a part of life just like death and taxes. You can't accurately know the future or outcome of your efforts so, you know, you can predict some results, but you and you can overcome your fears. When you approach conditions of uncertainty, it suggests whether you feel threatened or challenged. So let's say you see gaining clarity as a challenge. Well, if your actions lead to clarity, that's a positive result. If you see many conditions of uncertainty as threatening your stability, which means that you live a fear-based life rather than a faith-based life, you might feel anxious over uncertainty. Anxious over uncertainty is more than feeling apprehensive about something you haven't tried before or a wariness about venturing into an unfamiliar territory. It's a persistent anxiety over uncertainty. It drains your resources without yielding healthy benefits. And this state of thought, feelings, and action is a catalyst for inhibitions and impulse decisions. People that are fear-based in their life make lots of fear-based decisions based on predicted bad outcomes. People that are faith-based in life eliminate fear by making positive choices that they hope will have a good outcome. And that means they prefer their outcome rather than expect their outcome. People that have expectations are depressed because they live in fear, they live in emotion, and they are completely out of control. When anxiety over uncertainty interferes with your enlightenment, your goals, your interests, you might feel like you're floating in a sea of uncertainty. 
But, you know, you dread facing circumstances where there are complexities or uncertainties. You don't do hard. Hard is what makes your life easier. That means you get a a very strong degree, a doctorate or something like that. These people never do hard. They are always trying to cop out. They don't make the good, hard choices that make their life more fruitful. They also experience self-doubts as they hesitate with indecision. And the more they hesitate, the more indecisive they are, the more indecisive they become, and the more insecure they become. And they also procrastinate until they have a guarantee that they're safe to act. And that proves to be a very long wait because basically that means it's going to have to be somebody else's fault and not theirs. So how do you stop feeling anxious about uncertainty in situations that you view as ambiguous, complex, filled with unknowns? So, you know, what you do is you, 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 have, you, you have to look at the decisions as an opportunity. And, and uh, so let's say uh, you have two romantic partners and you truly care for both. You feel terrified of the thought of making a big mistake by picking one over the other. Uh, or, or by dropping both. So you wait for more information. At the same time, you know that if you don't make a choice, you will lose both. That's a situation where a person that is indecisive will manipulate other people and they will feel hurt because of that indecisive person. You also uh, may have a choice between returning to college or sticking with your current dead-end job. So you don't know for sure that you'll succeed in college. So you know you'll succeed in the job, but you'd hate the job. So you probably are going to live in misery and feel trapped and feel like a victim because you never take a leap of faith, went to college and went after something you're passionate about, making your life more meaningful, making work be a pleasure because that is something you're good at. You know, and uh, let's say an acquaintance invites you to the party and you don't know who will be there. So you feel a little awkward uh, meeting strangers, so you choose not to go. Well, guess what? You may, may have been able to meet your best friend in your whole life at that party. You know, God forbid you spend a little time making yourself available to other people, having access to who you are so that you can build an, a network of friends and, and support structure. You know, let's say you purchase a camera with many complicated features so you don't know how to use most of them, so you feel anxious about fumbling with a new camera and figuring out how to use it. You know, that is another example of how people are indecisive, so they choose not to. They just take it back because it's too hard. You know, many people don't even know why they're on the earth, and they're unsure about what what it's meaningful to do. Well, the reason you're on this earth is because you're a soul living your, a human life. Your soul has a trajectory, and if you deny that trajectory, then guess what? You're not going to have much of a life. People that are indecisive deny themselves of why they are here, so they have no purpose. They just sit around hoping that it's going to throw itself on the windshield of their car, and it's just not going to happen. You know, when you're feeling anxiety over uncertainty, it's, it's you know, many times they dwell on fictional dangers uh, 1% possible outcome is what they'll focus on. So what you want to focus on is the other good potential outcomes that are, hap- you know, that are out there. So if you want to stop coping with your life, which is indecision, in the upcoming situations where your information is complete, accept ambiguity, uncertainty as a natural part of living and learning. You won't see the complete picture until you engage in life and in that decision and in that challenge, and you'll learn more by taking action than by waiting for a guarantee. 
you should decide that when and how you'll proactively cope. Pick up your most pressing area where you risk acting indecisive and, and pick a time to start proactively coping with making that choice. And that's when you're, you identify what you'll do first and what you'll do next. This is how by planning ahead and going ahead and making that choice and making decisions as you need to adapt, you're going to find that life is not nearly as scary as you think it is. You also want to think about high probability things that can get in your way, such as anxiety thinking, where you tell yourself that you can't cope with uncertainty. Let's say there's a part of a test that you know you're going to have trouble with. Well, study that part of the test more. Try to develop a different way of viewing it. Maybe ask somebody how they overcome this part of a test they, so they may people may do really well at certain parts, like like if they're going through a uh, some kind of physical course and they can't climb a rope, they think and they keep reinforcing the fact I can't climb a rope because I didn't do it the last time. Well, guess what? Learn how to climb a rope. That won't be a challenge, but that means you got to do hard, hard, not easy, hard, and and, and make a plan around it. You also want to build momentum for resolving uncertainties by intentionally engaging in meaningful problems that have complexities and unknowns. So when you do this, you will reinforce the idea that you can make decisions. You will reinforce the idea that you are a very passionate, uh, uh, important person in this life because you're able to make a choice. Um, you know, you want to address indecision. It, it, it's it's like to make first distinction between decisions and choices because, you know, I, I think people get themselves into trouble by mixing those two up. You know, it, it's best to think of choices as preferences that stem from subjective personal tastes. A decision, on the other hand, is a commitment to action that occurs after a person becomes aware of their choice. For example, if you chose a Snickers... Uh, or between a Snickers and an M&M, upon realizing that you're in the mood for caramel, you'll make the decision to buy, let's say, the M&Ms. So choices are often difficult, but, you know, you may suspect that most of the time people lean at least slightly on the way, one way or the other, and and that they'll push uh, to shove by stating a preference and by putting out there, hey, I, I want caramel, then go for the caramel. Don't sit there and stare at a Snickers. I, I mean, I, I don't know if Snickers has. I think Snickers is the one with the caramel, not the M&Ms, but anyway, they love me. All right. You also, if, if you want to, uh, you know, acknowledge your preferences without forcing yourself to commit to an action. If you have not yet clarified a choice uh, and you cannot act on it, avoid criticizing yourself over decision-making. Choose first, then decide, meaning, okay, I have a choice to make, and I prefer this, and now figure out how to make that decision and make it. You also want to make a list of possible decisions. These are what are called courses of action available to you that will give you a good shot at obtaining what you have to choose. So if you catch yourself writing down decisions that probably don't exist in the real world, draw a clean line through them and keep working on the list. You know, many people will go for expectations. That means they have to manipulate people. What you want to do is influence people. That's all we can do. We cannot force people to do anything. We can influence them by stating preferences and describing why we have this preference. You also want to recognize that doing what you're already doing and doing nothing are both decisions with real consequences. And when you decide to do nothing, you decide not to live. You decide to cope. 
And that's the sad thing about people. They are coping with life that are indecisive rather than actually living their life. You also, that you know, understand that lots of decisions are very stressful and, and perhaps some should be. However, if you're feeling distress over your particular decision or over an indecision, there's a chance that it can be caused by a mismatch between your preferences and your actions. In other words, you may feel bad because you want something that may look bad to somebody else. You know, you may want to uh, 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 sit in a very nice place or in a nice chair for yourself and not have bought one for somebody else. Well, guess what? That's just who you are. That's called character. That's called you defining who you are. There is nothing wrong than giving to yourself. When you give to yourself, you have more to give to other people. So making decisions for you that nurture you, that nurture your character, that nurture your passions, that nurture your soul, those are important choices to make because they give your life meaning and they define who you are. And that means other people have to make room for you in their life. And that's a good thing. So sometimes you can make decisions just for you. And it's not selfish. It's nurturing you. And you have to look at it that way. You also want to identify and critically evaluate the outcomes that may result from the decisions that you've identified, especially how it's going to impact other people. Decide if the time and the effort required to commit to a new course of action is worth it to reduce your stress. You know, if you are motivated to reduce your stress, take an action that is in line with your preferences, you know, but please respect the rights of others while you do that. You know, hope for the best. Recognize that there's no guarantee that your decision will be the right decision or yield positive results and and you want to be content with the satisfaction that you chose a path you wanted. So, if you're going to struggle with where are we going to go to dinner, know where you want to go to dinner. That's a one way to begin to accomplish it. If you want to go get a Starbucks, put forward that you want to go get a Starbucks and then negotiate how we can do that, at what time we can do that, and there you go. Is if, that, if that desire, if that choice is something that is for you, make room for it because that means you are going to be respected by your partner for wanting something. So... You know, the big deal is, is uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? How many kids do you want to have? Where do you want to live? These are all things that you don't just do. You actually do them because you purposely want to do them and you make a choice to do them. Don't, don't just get pregnant because you got pregnant. Get pregnant because you wanted to be pregnant. Unfortunately, many people don't allow that in their life. They don't allow themselves to take their parent their adult life by the hands and and become who they are they want to be somebody that pleases everybody else and that is crazy all right that's our show our next show is really interesting because it is going to be about redefining divorce and how to do divorce in a very practical inexpensive well relatively inexpensive way that is helpful for your family helpful for your decision and it takes the conflict out of it i'd like to thank everybody for listening i'd love to hear from you drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or twitter at drgbmft now remember the mark of a leader is someone who can make a decision the mark of a survivor is knowing when not to also Here's a nice quote from Alan Rickman. I've never been able to plan my life. I just lurch from indecision to indecision. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. 
Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back. 